we have like one of those stores. I don't know if y'all have them up there, but ours is called Ollie's. Yes, we have. Yes, Ollie's. yes. Good so stuff for cheap. <laughs> yes, and it's like weird, just random stuff. So one time I was in there. This has been a few years back. It was before the ice event, and um, this might have been another one that wasn't quite so bad. Mm-hmm. And I saw one of those little um, saucer sleds, you know, kind of like that from National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. And I was like, oh, I'm going to get one for me and one for the kid. I said, this will be great if we ever get snow. So I had it. And then all of a sudden we had some snow and it was great. It was a fun day. And I said, I'm going to get Maddie to the top of the hill by our house. And I'm going to send her down there to you, to my husband. And he said, this is a terrible idea. Mm-hmm. This is a horrible, terrible idea. And I said, no, 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 no. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. Right. And I think I, like I, did, I couldn't know. make it all the way up. So <laughs> I let her go. And apparently her eyes were just huge with terror. And my husband tries to catch her. He ends up with bloody knuckles, a broken phone screen. <laughs> the whole time saying, I told you this was a shitty idea. <laughs> He said, why can't you ever listen to reason? I said, it was going to be magical. You were expecting that moment from uh, Christmas Vacation where Clark yeah. gets to the top of the hill with the uh, the sled with his his special like coating on it. Non-nutritive then, uh, yes. cereal varnish. Yes. And then he just takes off. <laughs> it was supposed to be just great and then my fat butt was gonna get on the sled next and go down sure. and then i would have had so much momentum i probably would have gone into someone's house <laughs> i'm so sorry who in the hell are you i said i come from the next suburb next to you <laughs> uh, but it was supposed to be so wonderful and then it wasn't. Yeah, and then then there was like, there's a lot of anger and. And that's uh, that's pretty much having kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was supposed to be wonderful, and then it was a lot of anger. everybody welcome out to today's episode of the venture sisters podcast i am your host audrey heartburn and with me as always is my very well endowed friend dolly pardon uh today we're going to talk about uh transformations um it's you know the the beginning of the year uh 2021 we're being quiet we're being nice we're treading very lightly we're not making waves. We're not claiming anything as ours this Ooh. year. We're just um, getting a feel for things. <clears throat> so, yeah, we wanted to 
talk about things changing. We're changing into a new year. So we're going to talk about some, some character developments, some character changes, um, some transformations. And uh, I kind of want to talk about uh, some past New Year's resolutions. Uh, I did not make any New Year's resolutions this year. Um, part of my, my not claiming anything is mine for 2021. Um, I'm not even resolving to do anything this year. <laughs> I am resolving to exist and survive mm. 2021. Um, smash cut to apocalypse, I guess we'll see. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, if you've got any, yeah, I, I don't really have any like memorable new year's Eve stories, but we can, we can talk about, you know, some new year's Eve pasts, um, share some, some things. I do have like a weird religious thing. I always have a weird religious thing when we talk about holidays. <laughs> no, and I never had any fun religious stories. I mean, I had just the most bland religious upbringing. That's cool. I bring basically none. <laughs> I just grew up in a weird place weird place and it's caused some weird feelings as an adult um that's a whole other podcast uh, <laughs> that'd be a good maybe one. that shouldn't be a podcast that should actually just be some <laughs> therapy sessions <laughs> oh. <laughs> i could just, just talk about okay let me tell you about the most boring religions around um <laughs> Yeah, no, but I mean, at least like you don't, you didn't grow up with like existential dread, like nothing beats the feeling of standing outside of school, standing outside of school, waiting to be picked up and your grandparents are running late. And the first thought that runs through your head is not, oh, there must be traffic or, oh, something happened or whatever. Your first thought is, I got left behind and the fucking rapture happened. Oh my gosh. Oh, Audrey. Like I said, I need therapy. Uh, oh. <laughs> oh, that's so rough. Oh. <laughs> oh, bad. Those are real thoughts and feelings and fears that I had. My cats are fighting in the background. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. But anyways... Um, we're going to have more fun than that on, on the episodes. Yes. So yeah, New Year's Eve, we'll talk about, we'll talk about New Year's Eve. I've got yeah. fun, weird religious things. Um, partying like say, 1999. That was a fun New Year's Eve. We were definitely at church that night. Oh no. I actually went to a really fun party that I remember a little bit of it. I remember that no, we actually played that song at midnight and yeah. that was pretty cool. And then whenever it was 2000, I was over at my, it was my husband's house, but it was a boyfriend back then. Mm -hmm. And um, of course, then we were all like, okay, we think this Y2K stuff is like a bunch of bullshit, but no, just in case, you know, we're all going to like hunker down. And I remember like, we were like watching 2001 Space Odyssey and i don't know i still haven't watched all of that movie and still don't understand it but it's a cool movie 
<laughs> and like we're all just kind of like kind of you know dreading 12 o'clock hitting and but still kind of excited about it yeah but yeah it was it was interesting and then of course it hit and nothing happened then we were kind of just you know like well this is a letdown <laughs> the earth didn't come to an end damn it no you guys were just 20 years too soon yeah <laughs> little did we know little did you know the calendar was just off yeah um that's all they didn't account for leap year you see right in right the, in the Mayan calendar um <laughs> oh, we had we knew people who started getting chickens <clears throat> you no know, so they'd have like eggs to eat and people who had like battery stockpiles like, yeah um we'll, we'll we'll get into that more later in the episode um we need to i guess go to um we need to i guess take a break real quick um and then come back and really dive into the the meat and taters here of the episode yeah i just said it meat and taters 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 Uh (laughs) french fried taters right and then uh wed bed behead at the end of the episode um we've got some i think we've got some really good choices it's gonna be a fun one this week i say that every week but um i mean it um so yeah break time and then we'll come back Say, Timmy, what's that you've got there? Hiya, Pop. I'm just sitting here with my favorite book, Fight Club. Now, Timothy, don't you think you're a little old for those shenanigans? What do you mean, Pop? My young squire, you're going to be a fully mature clone one day. It's time for you to learn about the Venture Brothers, and the exciting world of super science. Golly, Pop, where would I ever learn about such a neato thing like the Venture Brothers or super science? Well, son, the internet is for more than just looking at pornography on your phone. You can actually learn all about Venture Brothers and super science on Conjectural Technologies, a Venture Industries podcast. And you can actually watch the Venture Brothers on Hulu or Adult Swim, or many other places. Just watch Venture Brothers. No, watch. Please, just watch Venture Brothers. It's a good show. And please subscribe to Conjectural Technologies, a Venture Industries podcast. Our jokes are just a lot funnier after you've already watched the Venture Brothers. I mean, that, that makes sense, right? Gee, I guess so, Pop. Tim, what are you still doing here? We stopped that bit seconds ago. Well, golly, Pop. You don't have to be so mean. You're the one sitting here talking to yourself like a crazy person. Subscribe to Conjectural Technologies, a Venture Industries podcast. All right, welcome back to the first Venture Sisters episode of the new year. We're going to talk about some of that, talk about some New Year's resolutions, talk about some New Year's Eve parties past um and uh then talk about some character transformations keeping up with that theme our show's going to transform a little bit um if anybody caught the the new year's eve drop that we made um dolly was oh fantastic oh goodness god i love her she's amazing (laughs) if you didn't listen to it please go back 
Like, if you haven't had a chance, just please go back. It's like less than 45 minutes, definitely worth the time. It's pretty much, maybe it's not worth the time. I think it's funny. It's pretty much just uh, me and Dolly and uh, Beast. And then we get a little bit of odd villain yeah. there at the end. Um, just kind of getting shit housed and ringing in the new year. Um, Dolly was the star of it. <laughs> i say all of that to say um if you listen if you did catch that episode then uh you know that we're kind of stepping in and um filling the the void um that's being left by the guys over at uh, conjectech they're taking a little bit of time off for the first quarter of the year um they'll be back um i'm thinking sometime in march um, with some new content for you guys, but they've got some other projects going on um, that uh, I'm really excited for them to finally be able to talk about. Um, so we're going to leave them be for a bit and let them work on those things um, for you guys. And in the meantime, we're going to be bringing you your your venture content. Um, so stay tuned for all of that. Anyways, I say we go ahead and dive into the episode, Dolly. Um, I know we had a laundry list of um, characters that we were oh, yes. going to cover this episode and, you know, the kind of transformations that they've taken from, you know, the very first season until until season seven, which unfortunately looks like is going to be the last season of Venture Brothers we'll ever get. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I noticed that on um, Adult Swim's Facebook page. They had the lineup of all the Adult Swim shows going to HBO Max, and there was one that was missing. Yeah, I'm so confused about that. I could have sworn when that shit first came out that I saw Venture Brothers on there, and like I was watching it on there. But I guess that was like a, what was it called? A, a Mandela effect? Like Yeah. Um, and I just made it up um and Berenstein Bears is spelled with an A uh <laughs> oh that would that one still pisses me off that I don't believe that I'm like no uh-uh. I refuse to accept that one anyways <laughs> anyways um yeah character transformations we've seen a lot of our you know our favorite characters kind of grow and mature or de-mature from where they from where they started um and the show gary you know definitely being a a a big example of that um brock we've kind of seen him you know kind of up and down with some of his his growth um and kind of where he's been hatred um is close to my my heart um hunter with like the obvious like physical right um transformation um and then sheila also from you know just kind of being there in the uh you know kind of like as arm candy you know trophy wife girlfriend whatever to like she's kind of like running shit and people have to you know to answer to her um so I know that you, Dolly, have a lot of stuff to, uh, like, a lot of uh, references. Right. You've got a lot of good information for us, so. Yeah, okay. Starting off with Gary, because, I don't know, Gary might be my favorite transformation 
Because yeah. Gary, I, with the flashbacks we get, we get to see him basically as a kid. Because yeah. he was kidnapped at, I mean, I'm guessing though the Washington trip is usually fifth or sixth grade. So, no, he was like 12, maybe? Probably had to be 12, maybe 13 yeah. at the oldest if it was like eighth grade trip or some shit. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's definitely like a middle school trip. Yeah, like down, I don't know. I guess it varies from region to region. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, he was like still like middle school, maybe. Right. So, and I mean, a very, very, very young. Whenever but he we wasn't first... scared. He wasn't like, oh my God, get me out of here. He was like, you know, let me call my mom or whatever. He just kind of like was like, okay. Um, yeah. And went along with it. But I guess, you know, him being such a comic book fan and stuff, you know, from such a young age, like that kind of had to be a. I mean, maybe yeah, it was if... something he wanted to happen. Maybe it was. Yeah. You know, he was offered a costume. Right. Yeah, I mean, right. with accessories. Well, and eventually he gets back to his mom um, because, you know, flash forward to when he's a, a grown-up and he's living in his mom's house. So, like, it's not like he just disappeared from his mom forever. Yeah, there had to be some kind of communication, i say. Yeah. Really, really kind of murky on that. But now we get to see yeah. Kid Gary. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we get to see, you know, just slacker no 21 with his best friend 24 yeah no that was fun and i mean i like those days those were fun Mm -hmm. and then he loses his best friend which just completely shakes him it does and he kind of goes through like a crazy phase no i enjoyed (laughs) (laughs) i enjoyed the episodes where um you know gary was talking to the the skull like oh yeah those were great and i mean the whole thing is that he's going to solve the murder and operation prom whenever he finally realizes that you know he really isn't there and he accepts what has happened he goes out on his own and he's solo gary and we get to see larping gary and I love LARPer Gary. Right. That's awesome. So we get to see him kind of, you know, forming what he's about to become. And then he finally moves on to the venture compound and he's, you know, coming into his own. And he's kind of, you know, a little bit of a cool guy. He's getting Alicia Sore. Yes. Ogo. I love that. Ogo. I love that. Oh my God. Damn Polisiosaur. Also, I love whatever him and Hatred are <laughs> arguing in the tree line. He said, okay, this is the point whenever the monarch is going to do something really, really stupid, like yeah. an acid magnet or an acid or a magnet. It, right. Release the, release acid, the acid, acid magnet. magnet. He, said, he said, oh, wait, it's Wednesday. It's Buffalo Wing Day. Those wings are really good. Let's pick up the pieces that don't have dirt. (laughs) (laughs) in the lunchroom. I love that. Oh my gosh. I mean, I can just imagine though, like the stuff we don't see is like Gary and Hatred just munching on wings. Right. No, I really, some of those are like some of my favorite episodes, like when it's just the the sidekicks together. Yeah. 
you know, not like it, there's no venture in the episode. There's no really like there's not a lot of boys in the episode. Like there's not a lot of Hank and Dean in the episode. It's more, you know, you get those moments with fucking uh, Gary and Hatred, which are fucking priceless. Brock and Hatred, um, Brock and Gary, uh, fucking uh, sh- Hank and uh, Al. Um, oh yes, are just amazing. Um, Dean, like, does Dean really get any like special? I'm trying to think like I think Hank gets more like special time because then there's like Hank and Hatred when they're doing yeah. the whole kidnapping of uh, of Doc that's know, a touching moment for me the closest that Dean gets I guess is the Dean clone that didn't get flushed right that oh, that episode still like kind of fucks with my head sometimes like because the <sighs> Dean clone is real like that is a real thing, like a real existing thing. But like Doc never actually goes down there and talks to him. Like yeah. and it took me a while and I still question it sometimes when I watch the episode. Like, is Doc really talking to him or not? Like because I think Doc is just that fucked up. Like <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't put it past him to be no. that kind of shitty oh gosh oh, that was great <laughs> and then of course we get sphinx gary where oh. he yes and he tries he tries to have a new sphinx and he accidentally hires old sphinx i love that <laughs> one that's that's just great and he oh, realizes that, that one he's line, over his um, head <laughs> do you have to, do you have to push a mess like when the dude is oh. asking to go, oh my God, that is so, it's like, that was, I don't think, <laughs> I was so taken aback by that, like, what a euphemism for like taking a shit, like pushing a mess. Like that is gross. It <laughs> is so gross. I totally agree. That is disgusting. Yes. Like, why can't you just say like, I need to poop? Like, I would rather you look at me and say, I gotta go take a shit. Like, <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. And I don't know, that whole episode's got some great lines in it. Like, whatever oh, the guys, yeah, you know, call it. You know, he calls him on the phone. He says, he said, yeah, it's this website. And then he says, H T T P. You don't have to type all of that out. <laughs> it's great. And he's like, who's going to feed my snakes? <laughs> and then, like, Sphinx Commander. He said, Teresa! And he, the neighbor comes out and says, why are you yelling? It's like just the way he talks. Right. It. All of those characters are great. And then the guy saying, the one who says, um, I think Gary asked him, you know, do you have to push a mess? Mm-hmm. And he tells his wife, he says, the baby's getting into the chapstick. He's going to have the diarrhea. <laughs> He's just like the perfect family guy. And he just gives all of that up to go back to Sphinx. Right. God, it's just weird. It's just so weird. I mean, that's just kind of how things are in the in the Ventureverse, you know. Um, know. They all have like the chips in their head that's going to explode at some point. 
Right. I think I think they just were told that. <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense. But then, oh, okay, so Gary gets back with the monarch, and then we get two ton twenty one, <laughs> which is just great. I Abby, mean, I love two ton twenty one, right. and I mean he, I mean really starts whipping the men into shape, and like the monarch crew starts getting better yeah they really do and i mean he's a great leader probably better than the monarch to be perfectly honest i think the monarch sees that and then I, he even argues for better you know weaponry and better shields and yeah wings that fold down because all of the doors come to a taper <laughs> and sheila says okay i'll take the wings into consideration so i mean i I love it and then of course that's never he comes in on the butter glider i love that that whole thing is just hilarious (laughs) and just the jealousy with the butter glider oh the butter glider glider. i love it and okay so we later after all of that we get kano gary yeah now that is great right so this is when it's just the monarch and 21 like there's no more henchmen there's no more crew like this is when they're living in new york and Mm -hmm. uh they you know have uh discovered the blue morpho layer under under the house Um, and i during that whole time gary really kind of carried the monarch you know because sheila's no working with the guild she's working her way up right and gary kind of holds the monarch together he really does because the monarch's kind of you know spiraling like he really he's i mean at that point he's kind of lost everything too like he doesn't have the rights to to arch venture anymore and this isn't the first time that he's lost his rights to venture either um Mm -hmm. because he had to get his right to arch venture before because then hatred um got it like uh what was that season three season two four where was it i think it was season four or it might have been three three but uh yeah three because um hatred was they might have gone before so yes it was during season three that uh that he was arching he was so monarch you know had lost his his arching rights again to venture but i feel like um he didn't feel so hopeless about it the first time like this time he just feels hopeless about it and he's kind of spiraling out of control um a bit um and kind of losing focus by just becoming obsessed with like getting his arching rights back so i mean you're right you know gary really does come along to to kind of carry him because Sheila's too busy. Yeah. Sheila's way too busy doing her guild thing to even pay attention to what's going on with the monarch. Yeah. And Gary is the one who finds the Morpho cave mm-hmm. and explains mm-hmm. to him, no, that what a Morpho is. Yeah. <laughs> Which kind of cracked me up. He said, a Morpho is a butterfly. <laughs> I thought that was awesome. Like, I loved it. I was like, oh my gosh. 
Uh, the, yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he got, made the connections for him and, right. and, and you know, found the tape with no, the horrible tape. And he says, wait, don't watch it. <laughs> oh, good. Right. I love that. That's just wonderful. Yeah. So then we get ultimate fully realized Gary. Yes. Where he is a number two recognized by the guild. And it is the perfect trio of the Monarch, Sheila, and Gary. Yeah. They're the perfect trio. So that is what I have on Gary. Which right. is a lot. Because, I mean, to me, I think he went through the most transformations. Yeah, I don't think that you're wrong. And, like, he lost a lot, like, in the, you know, in the beginning, um, you know, with losing his best friend. I don't think that if 24 had stuck around that Gary would have been able to kind of grow the same way that he Mm-mm. he did. Um, even though, you know, let's talk about the episode where um, Killinger comes to help the monarch and uh, Gary was the kind of the one like resistant to the change and 24 was, you know, ready to, uh, you know, be like, hey, this guy's really cool. He's doing this, this stuff. Um, I think though, like if 24 had, uh, you know, had stuck around, um, he would have been kind of the one to, to hold 21 back, like from getting closer to the monarch. Um, you know, like, I, I guess I bring up Killinger to say like, he was willing to be a sheep as long as 21 was willing to, you know, go along with him. But I don't think that he would have been a, uh, I don't think they would have felt positive about um, 21 getting closer to, to the monarch. Like, I think right. he would have been jealous about that, that relationship yeah. and like passive aggressive about it. Not, oh any, yeah. Kinda, you know, and I always, I still wonder what is Gary's problem? Cause 24 said he can help you with your problem. Bedwetting. Like, ah, yeah. Yeah. Bedwetting. Yeah. I can see that. I can totally see that. All right. Okay. Brock. Our very first episode where we, well, we're going to skip the very first episode where we see Brock because that's just the episode we skip over. Oh, that one doesn't count because it's yeah, that one does not count. Like, yeah. we, we can yeah. go with, like, yeah, we're going to go with um, the Dios Les Los yeah. Muertos. But uh, I don't know. It was just kind of like he was a bodyguard. I mean, he didn't have too much of a personality, didn't have too much of a connection with the boys. He was just there. Yeah. He was just there to protect them, beat the living shit out of stuff. And he was was very happy to do it. Yes. Yeah. I mean, very flat. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And no, of course, he was still a ladies' man, even back then. Right. And then uh, we move on a little bit. And then we start to see that he is very kind with the boys mm-hmm. so then we start seeing a more maternal role with the boys that just doc has no parental skills whatsoever <laughs> with the boys so the only parental guide that they have is brock so maybe you know brock picked up on that and of course maybe. you know during this time he still had that gosh that outfit that one outfit 
And so, okay, we go on through the seasons. He really doesn't change that much. No, he's basically the boy's, you know, role model, especially Hank. Yeah, Hank super looks up to yeah to Brock and definitely, you know, wants to to be just like him. Like when he sneaks off in the trunk, like he's like, ah, you think you can get away that fast? No, not at all. Um do you think maybe Brock was able to get attached to the boys because uh, like he let himself get attached to the boys because he knew that they could, um, you know, just make more like if they, if they lost them, like it wasn't one of those, like, well, I can't get attached to you because then I'll get, you know, emotional and maybe that'll compromise, you know, hmm. how I um, that is a very good viewpoint. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it, in a long like in in conjunction with you know seeing that they really didn't have like a parental figure, like they had their their father that you know really had little to do with their growth and development, like until he stopped being able to clone them. And then that's when he wanted to get involved. Otherwise, it was just learning bed and go. Yeah, like the one episode whenever they have to go back into the clone chambers and they're looking back on all the times that they, they died and they're laughing about it. <laughs> Dr. Orpheus is horrified. Horrified, right? <laughs> like, how can you even? But I mean, after they had done it, and I'm sure the first couple of times that uh, the boys died and they had to be cloned, it was a little rough. Like, I can, I can yeah. see Doc, like, you know, having some tears and some snivels and stuff, like when he's, you know, setting up the the machines and getting the slugs ready and whatnot. But like by the fifth or sixth time, you're like, all right, yeah, you go, you go warm up the slugs. I'm gonna go take nine months of a a bender and you know I'll be back. Like, oh, um, I mean, let's be honest, Dolly. Like if you knew that you could get like nine months off and everything would be okay when you came back and it was like nothing happened like would you not oh gosh kind of <laughs> oh i want to check out the timeline on a show <laughs> i won't mention the show's name but the main character has these green tubes that he puts his family into once a year so he can go off on vacation and his family goes to this mental vacation place where they think that they've had a great time. Interesting. I'm wondering if that was ripped off. Because that huh. that person has ripped off some other ideas from creators before. Kind of wondering if, um, yeah, this guy hmm. ripped it off for the, our friends, the Good Adventure Brothers team. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. I'll have to, I'll have to look into that. Right. Huh. All right. So, so back to Brock. Brock. Yes. So then Brock has to make the hard decision to leave after you no know, the whole fiasco with helper stuck in his chest. He has to leave, and then he gets his first makeover that we've ever seen. Mm -hmm. I mean, other than his you no know, obvious ones, you no know, with the Halloween and all. Right. 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 Yeah, yeah, no, those don't really count. But no, we see him in his Sphinx outfit. Yeah. So, you know, he's gone from chubby, where he just 
lost it and kind of let himself go which i love that i love chubby brock yes <laughs> but, with my shirt and all yeah i thought it was great yeah but then no he gets back in shape and then he's in his sphinx uniform so we see him with sphinx for a while and that's whenever no hatred comes in so we've got that so we get you know brock with his sphinx team Mm -hmm. So we've got him with a team again, which we have not seen that. We True. know that he used to be OSI and we get flashbacks. True. But this is our first time to actually see him working with a team, which he works very well with the team. And yeah. which is hilarious because it ends up that he's been next door to the boys the whole time. Mm -hmm. I love that one. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, one day he just turns up in the kitchen and he's back right back in the brock mode right and then of course like... new york city brock is a little bit edgier i mean he's he's got like a little bit of a i guess he's a little bit bored going back to bodyguard and he's a yeah. little bit i don't know he's a little bit itchy to kill and he's i don't know he's a little bit edgier he he does seem like that he does seem yeah. like that i feel like uh there's so many rules and stuff now and like with them being yes. in new york with like the the superheroes and then you have yeah. like the osi and the guild and like it's not quite the not quite the same and like um, before no one wanted to arch doc i mean doc was like you know bottom of the list you know no one even wanted to kidnap him whenever they were kidnapping all the super scientists but now all of a sudden that he's taken over for his brother he's at the top of the pyramid right everyone wants him he's like all the number ones are after him so yeah, yeah i know it's like brock has like all these rules and protocol and yeah, somebody it's you know, it's kind of a straight lace for him. So we kind of we kind of see a little bit of a a tense, you know, kind of antsy Brock. He's not quite the same. Yeah, and of course I think it's I think it's whenever he realizes that he likes butt stuff with Oriana. <laughs> I really think it's whenever that comes out. All right. Well, you gotta let the tension go somehow. Yeah, yeah. So so that's what I've got on Brock and yeah. hatred oh poor hatred hatred's hatred. such hatred. of a tragic guy <laughs> hatred's been through some shit so he really he has starts out does he start out in osi and then becomes a villain or you know they never really made that distinctly clear but i always took it as that because he's yelling at brock saying take it to the arches and then he sends him off. He said, Hunter's gone. And then he gives him his orders to go guard Doc. And then he puts on the ring. Right. And I mean, I've always taken that as that's hatred. And that's whenever he crossed from OSI to Guild. Right. So when he, that's like, after he leaves OSI, he goes to the Guild. That's when he becomes hatred. And that's when he gets the, the tattoo and all that stuff. Yeah. Right? And I've always wondered, no. Did he have his urges back in OSI? Well, yeah, right? Because OSI was the one that put him on the uh, the nomolestol the or um, <laughs> the, the, the OSI is the one that put him on the, the medication to suppress the urges. 
the guild does know about um his his issue uh just like the the osi does um the guild actually thinks it's a, a plus which ew um yeah yeah that's so ew <laughs> right all right so he's with osi he ends up leaving osi whether it was because he was sent on a mission to like spy um on the guild for the osi or he just up and left and joined the guild um that's a little unclear yeah. after that he um goes back to the osi i think so i think so because i think yeah yeah because because whenever brock is um in the i don't know the floating helipad thing yeah he's he thinks that he's been taken and he thinks he's under no threat of you know execution or torture and he hears them talking to the invisible guy and then they pass by and hatred is in there and he says okay let's give you your shot and get all those little thoughts of little boys out of your head right right so, so this is I, osi like taking him back into the yes into the fold um mm-hmm. okay. and then after that he gets assigned a dock which um by the way it's kind of fucked up of the osi yeah. You're like hello we have this person that has a penchant for um you know touching little boys we're going to send him to uh be your bodyguard for your children um who are both boys and minors um i think that they did that as a punishment because whenever they were going through his grounds they said something about you know nothing in your report said anything about cloning so it's like they were i think they were angry that's how that's how they end up getting the um okay that's how they end up getting the child molester as the bodyguard because nothing in the report says anything about cloning so the osi has on record that the boys are their actual age and by the time like we see them you know graduating high school being like 16 17 um they would actually be older than 18 um because of how many times that they've been cloned so Yes, since the OSI didn't know about cloning, they didn't know that the boys were actually younger than what they really are. Um, so for them, mm-hmm. they're of age and no longer minors, so therefore no longer, you know, falling into the category of issue for uh, hatred's uh, hatred's problem. Oh goodness! So yeah, so then we get no hatred, the bodyguard, and. Yeah which i mean to me hatred treated it i mean whenever he was in bodyguard mode he was pretty good at it because they you know they even said hatred does not share brock's no gun rule right yes i mean he was pretty tough as a bodyguard but to me he acted more like a nanny and a maid yeah taking care of the boys but this is when uh when hatred takes over as as bodyguard uh at the the venture compound this is when we get everybody in speed suits like everybody's got a yes. uniform everybody's gotta you know dress the same look the same um and then he that. makes hank shoot him right holy crap <laughs> that's crazy. that was horrible hatred's a little like his his methods are a little unconventional yeah i mean you know? that is absolutely terrible and then tells them how much each bullet costs he's taking it out of his allowance shit right <laughs> the hell? 
Oh right? goodness. And then hatred has as like a on the prom episode has all of his tattoos removed except for the D because it's a tender vittle. Right. And then has the V, which the V looks so bad. I mean, it looks so much worse than the H. Because the, the V goes like right underneath his nose and it just, I don't know, it looked awkward. And so we have that transformation, which is <laughs> a big transformation. And then whenever we get to the next one, we have Hatred trying his best to take care of the boys again. And yeah, hatred in New York is just not uh oh he's so pitiful. He's he is a sad sack. He's he's basically reduced to being a receptionist. Pretty much like a rent-a-cop, you know, yeah. at best. Um but he just does I um all he has for protection is a flashlight. Right. And it doesn't <laughs> even have a gun attached. No. And I mean, it's just, it's so pitiful. And I mean, and he gets beaten up so much. And I, he takes more abuse in New York than he does at any other point. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, he takes like a horrible slide down. I mean, he kind of starts at the top and his is just a steady decline down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Unfortunately, like it looked like we were going to get a bit of uh, redemption there for for hatred um you know about like season five whatever because he was really kind of getting into yes. his his shit as like bodyguard and you know protector caretaker of the boys you know into season six too and then they get into like uh, once they moved to new york like it really shook a lot Ooh. of things up um and uh, i think hatred was just so far removed from you know his like what he's used to and you know it's different kinds of uh super villains it's a whole different ball game and you know it really just shows that like how he's kind of aged kind of he's kind of aged out um of, yeah. of the whole thing you know um all right so let's see hatred. so about hunter hunter's transformation i think is the most obvious oh um, yeah <laughs> of all like he you know he had the uh he had the sex change surgery um you know and uh i don't know i don't know if that was something that like he had always wanted to do um so he did um or if it was just to uh kind of circumvent the uh the osi rule and you know the the loophole so that he could become a, a woman out of you know convenience if it were um to you know keep himself alive um but uh you know, and maybe that's that's where the the remorse and the sorrow for missing his his boobs comes from. Like once he yeah. goes back, yeah. Because I I mean, you have to think that you know, for him to go all the way in and do everything. Because I mean, right. Brock does check underneath right. the cover to make sure that everything was done, <clears throat> and it was all done. So, but he did go through really the most obvious physical thing. transformation went through the full trans trans uh went through the full transformation and you know we don't uh discount that um yeah, i mean because he, he he thoroughly enjoyed it and yeah 
And I mean, for him to be able to earn 50s at that tiny little strip club, he had to really be working good. Right. 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 And then dare ask me what I did to get those 50s. Yeah. And then uh, Hunter Hunter makes the transformation back. And I've just always been curious why. I kind of wish that the guys would have just left it. Um, Yeah. It was. I really do. I know that that's a, a bit of an icky area, like when we talk about the show, um, and it's one of those uh, storylines that doesn't necessarily hold up as time goes on. And I know that it can be perceived as, um, you know, as kind of insensitive. Um, you know, I then I, I can appreciate all of those all of those feelings about it. I don't invalidate anybody's experience for that. I mean, and, you know, making the decision to make those transformations is a, is a big deal. It is not, yes. it, it's not a decision that's made on a whim um, at all. Uh, and it's definitely something that's, you know, long thought out and um, a lot of preparation and stuff goes into. Um, so while it was, you know, kind of a, a thing of convenience on a cartoon show, we do understand that in real life, it's, that's a very big decision um, mm-hmm. for people to make. <clears throat> um, however, on the show, <laughs> on the cartoon, uh, Hunter seems to just uh, be okay with going back. He does lament about missing his boobs, though. Yes. Yeah, even telling Hank he'll never get over the loss. Right. Never, ever, ever. Um, I guess the last character to really talk about uh, transformation is... Uh, is Sheila and I have loved like as oh as much as I've loved to see Gary grow and you know kind of transform um himself you know around the monarch I've enjoyed watching Sheila um kind of come into her yes. own as well yes because like with hers I mean she was like totally disent I mean she sat there I mean she was just Dr. Mrs. the girlfriend she sat there in her little costume by the monarch and there was a lot of eye rolling and just didn't really do anything she was right. just there and right. then she goes back to phantom limb she goes back into another eye candy costume which right. I still to this day will never understand how that works yeah i'm not sure how that functioned either um, yeah queen etheria oh my gosh yeah that is yeah. a very confusing costume but again, she was treated like you know, eye candy. Right. Well, I think it was when she went back to the monarch after that that she was like, nah, fuck that. I'm not just going to like sit here and be on your side anymore. I'm going to be, you know, me. I'm going to be my yeah. own person. And I mean, I love how they ended that. Now, I think everyone thought she was going to say that she was pregnant. And if we came back, no, she applied for Guild Duoship. Yes. And I mean, I love that. And I mean, it was just great because yeah. they finally that they're going to be equals. Yeah. And they, so then no, they work together. And then you kind of discover, oh, hell yeah, Sheila can really kick ass. Right. And, and so, but then no, we go keep on moving up and uh, we say that she's more and more capable then we say that she's a little bit more capable than the monarch and if it wasn't for her the monarch really couldn't do very much 
And once they hit New York, oh, hell yes. We get ultimate Sheila. I really we that costume really, is badass. Oh I my how they like I have loved to see how her outfits have evolved like throughout the the series. And I really love what they have her in in this like in the last you know couple of seasons. Oh yeah. I guess and really, I mean just the way that she kind of you know can take control over a situation without mm-hmm. being mean i mean she can just not being bossy she listens to everyone in the guild she takes their feelings into consideration which was so unlike before right so that she wants it to be more unified and a better guild right so i mean to me she's better she's like the best answer for the guild and then also she's just so competent and i mean i love it and she's they still having to pick up and clean up after the monarch you know clean up his messes right and also we still have cheerleader you know showing up in new york whenever gary gets the the thing on his computer be aggressive be aggressive yeah (laughs) a little bit of old sheila thrown in there yeah oh man that's one of my favorite scenes like when uh it's sheila and gary um doing the the shit with the monarch like when he's you know um out and shit and then the moppets are coming in like i don't know just her kind of pep talk with gary um and letting him know that you know he actually is pretty awesome he is pretty valuable you know and i think he really took that stuff to heart um I think that helped make him make him better also like I mean honestly let's if it wasn't for Sheila and Gary like the monarch wouldn't be half of of really who he is I mean yes he's ridiculous yes he has this heart full of you know vengeance and hatred for um Dr. Venture but like he would have fucked up so many things um without you know sheila to look for look out for him or gary to you know be there to help him along and get him out of some of his shit um yeah yeah he would not be who he is without them oh absolutely absolutely um i definitely definitely agree with that i really really am sad that we're not going to get any more of of the show to see how any more of the characters are gonna you know grow and change and develop to see where the rest of those you know story arcs kind of kind of end up um we are interested to hear what you guys think though like what your um what your thoughts on it are like if you have any uh I mean, if you have any like fanfics that you've written out, um, if you've got any, you know, fan theories that you want to expound on, anything that you kind of want to talk about, spitball bullshit about, um, you know, hit us up on on Twitter um, at Vince's podcast. Uh, share that shit with us. Um, we want to hear about it. We want to talk about it. Uh, we we're missing the, we're missing that shit the same way you are. Um, and we come up with our own ridiculous bullshit theories that we'll never know are true um it's fun 
That's why I've been hearing a lot of people saying that they're really missing the Venture Brothers board on Adult Swim. Yeah. And that they've been looking for a place to chat about, you know, Venture Brothers again. Hey, come see Uh, us. For real. Um, (laughs) We'll be a great place to talk. We definitely want to talk to you guys about it for sure. Um, So, yeah, no, no Venture Brothers to look forward to um in 2021 but uh i guess there are some other things to to look forward to in 2021 did you make any resolutions for this year i really didn't i just i had a the doctor's appointment that i have yearly that comes up in december Mm -hmm. and it was awful it's like there was like no good news whatsoever it's like everything he told me was bad and so it like no, I mean, it wasn't anything like, you know, earth shattering, but it was just kind of like everything that came out of his mouth was like, okay, yeah, you're getting older. Um, this mm. is bad. This is bad. This is bad. Um, this is getting worse. Uh, we really need to up your medication on this. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to enjoy myself the rest of this month. And I guess January 1st, I'll start drinking water and all that so yeah yeah yuck water is disgusting i gotcha so, i mean it wasn't really a resolution it was just kind of like a time limit yeah um yeah i didn't make any resolutions it's just stopped making resolutions a long time ago um i just i you know, I try to go into the new year and uh, look at things that happened the year before and maybe hope to make things different um, in the coming year. Um, <clears throat> definitely want to want to work on that this year. Um, you know, I've got some some stuff I'm working on in, in my personal life, um, trying to get promoted, trying to make more money, trying to you know, get them dollars. So. <laughs> dollars, dollars, y'all. Right. <laughs> um, you know, and really just trying to keep pushing forward until um, we figure out what the new norm is um, around here. Uh, trying to, you know, get my kid a bit uh, more settled into the, the online learning and really buckling down and realizing that this isn't as temporary as we had hoped um that we're going to be doing this for a while so we've got to figure out the best routine and the best workaround um for that so yeah no no new year's resolutions from from me either um but again if you guys have some fun ones and some ridiculous ones or you want somebody to help keep you um accountable for that shit share with us um we really just want to talk to you guys um and uh be friends like that's that's the most yes. awesome thing about the the venture fandom. We all just want to be buddies, right? Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> um, so no, I kind of teased earlier. I do have like a, I always have a weird religious thing when we talk about holidays. So growing up on a New Year's Eve, we would have these church services called night watch service. Um, and that's where we would be at church and we would pray the new year in. Um, and you know, we would, 
we would bless the the old year that that left us and thank it for all of its things and then we would pray for um you know the the new year to you know bring whatever um joy peace happiness uh the return of christ um (laughs) (laughs) you know that shit so but on the years that we weren't doing that um my grandma was at home watching dick clark's new year's rock and eve Uh, (laughs) oh yeah never really been like a a new year's eve partier it was either uh church or dick clark that's what we got you know i've always heard the word night watch but i had no idea what it meant well now you do thank you now i know the more you know um yeah (laughs) so that was a that's a thing that i have done um maybe people weren't praying maybe enough people weren't praying for 2020 um hopefully enough people prayed for 2021 i was drinking um so yeah praying my bad uh (laughs) we'll see all right um i think we should take another break and then come back and do wed bed behead and wrap up the episode um and then call it a night Hi, honey. I'm home. I hope my sandwich is ready. Oh, your roots are showing, and you know how we feel about that. I'm Amber Gold, International OSI Super Spy. And ladies, let me tell you, it's harder than it looks. Stopping Sphinx in the Guild is easy, but keeping these naughty roots from peeking out is the real battle. Ventec and Dummy Core are proud to introduce Boop, a new line of feminine health and beauty products for the super science-minded ladies on the go. Time for your hair treatment. One trip to the nozzle took my amazingly lush hair from dishwater to gold. Ah, that's much better. Now, that sandwich isn't going to make itself, babe. Triangle cut, no crust, heavy mayo, and those little toothpicks with the colored plastic ends on them, blue only. Voop, hair dye. Because he's fantasizing about blondes anyway. Thanks to Boop, I can keep my man happy and my co-workers satisfied. Very satisfied. Found wherever abrasive chemicals are sold. Side effects may include tingling or burning sensation, loss of hair, scalp pain, rapid nasal hair growth, hallucinations, spontaneous male lactation, and loss of life. Not for sale in Europe, Canada, Ungerland, or Taiwan. Products may contain orphans. All right, and welcome back to the end of the episode. We hope you guys have enjoyed talking about, you know, transformations in characters, how we've seen some of our favorite characters grow from the, you know, silly bubbling idiots that they were in the beginning to kind of like the badasses that they they are there at the end of the show. So we want to end our episode as always with our wed bed behead segment today we uh we're just choosing gary but we're choosing gary from three different points in uh in the show so just asterisk like we're breaking a lot of time travel rules and all of this shit so we need you guys to you know just be cool if you happen to behead a younger version of gary that does not um mean that the other gary's die like we're taking each gary as its own person fuck the timeline we're just having fun all right cool don't come at me with that shit 
Uh, <laughs> it does not vanish in a photograph. Right. So yeah, we're breaking some rules, but we know we're breaking some rules and we just said it, so it counts. Anyways, um, for choices for wed, bed, bed, uh, we've got henchman 21 Gary. So that's, uh, that's, that's young Gary. Um, and then we move on to two ton 21 Gary. Um, and then finally, uh, Kano Gary, like the, the penultimate Gary, if you will. I'm looking forward to hearing your choices for this week, <sighs> Dolly. Okay. For my behead, I would have to go with original henchman Gary. Just right and off the bat. Right off the bat. Because I think that's what he would want. Yeah. I think he would want to behead his past. Just get rid of it. Because hmm. I think he I don't think he was the kind who to look back on the past. Yeah. So just go ahead and behead. Yeah, okay. that part of them. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Then I would bed. Two ton twenty one, because I think he was pretty wild back during that time. I bet you he met some fun larpers and learned some new tricks. Yeah, yeah. No fireball, fireball. Yeah, eventually yeah. that got kind of hot. Yeah. Bow chicken bow bow. I can't even. I can't even. It's the tattoo for you, isn't it? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, the, oh the, it's that tramp stamp. Oh yeah. Um, you know, beast forever has wanted the, the hench for life tattoo across his stomach. Um, oh. man, if we ever had money to just throw away at something stupid, like I would, I would get it for him. Um, oh. maybe that can be a, a, an end of the year thing. Um, that yeah, would be awesome. Right. Oh, and then I would definitely wed Ultimate Kano Gary. Yeah. Because one, he looks really slick in that suit. Damn right he does. And he has arch rights now, which yeah. means he's got that guild insurance. Amen. Mm-hmm. You always got to look out Amen. for that kind of stuff. Insurance is important, guys. It really insurance is. Insurance is very important healthcare yeah especially whenever you're like me and you get bad reports from your doctor right i gotta, I gotta look out for that kind of stuff now absolutely <laughs> i want to keep you um, around for a while dolly yeah absolutely right all right so, how about yours um yeah so i agree with you like wedding kano harry <laughs> wedding kano gary <clears throat> is uh is probably the best bet you know most secure um decision to make there like uh and i mean you know you know he's faithful you know he's loyal because he is stuck by the monarch through all of the shit like even when he ran off from the monarch for a little bit like he was always going to come back he just needed to he just needed to get it out of his system right so mm-hmm you know the kano gary has shown you that he's going to be fiercely loyal he's always going to be there like you can always always depend on him um so i mean i, I feel like wedding kano gary is, is is a solid choice um we do disagree on the other two choices though um i would 
uh, behead a two-time 21. Um, I mean, I'm always here for like a fight. And in, in, and in my behead choices, I don't always expect to win. Um, you know, I, I mean, I think that we could, you know, I, I think I could take him um, maybe, but like it would definitely be a, a hard fight to the end there. Um, I mean, that's when, uh, that's when Gary's at his, his most fit. Um, you know, that's when he's taking his, uh, that's when he's taking his, his physical health the most serious. Like he's, uh, he's honing his skills and shit like that. Um, I think that uh, two ton 21 would be easier to behead than Kano Gary would be. Kano Gary's a lot smarter. Kano Gary can, you know, anticipate a bit more, um, you know, while uh, Tutan maybe a bit, you know, have a little bit more like brute strength. Um, he definitely doesn't have the, the mind. Um, right. And then Ben Henchman 21, like young 21, because he would be so goddamn grateful. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> he would be so grateful, like just to like touch boobies. Um <laughs> You know, and uh, it would just be easy. Uh, <laughs> I can imagine. And he's funny. Just- and like, I'm, I am a sucker for, I, I'm a sucker for a dude that can make me laugh. Obviously, you guys. Yes. I am. I'm married to like, um. Yeah, and uh, Henchman Twenty One is. I mean, Gary just overall is is funny, but Henchman Twenty One, like him and Twenty Four doing their shtick and and all that shit, is just it's it's just priceless to me. Um, and I, I I think it's precious. And again, I really do think that he would be like just mad grateful for the opportunity to just be with someone that's not his right or left hand, right. or Twenty Four's hand. Like I don't know. Oh, <laughs> I can remember them though talking about, dude, and then you could like fly into some hot girl's room, and then you would be like the bad guy, and then you'd threaten to beat up someone, and then you'd like save them, like, okay, sugar pants, and then you'll be having sex, dude, you'll be having sex. <laughs> <laughs> He would be so grateful because, like, back then you could tell he never had any girly action. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm sure he was like a total virgin. Um, so, yeah, those are, those are my choices. Those are very good choices. <laughs> I like your reasoning. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, all right. I think that's going to do it here for us on this episode of the venture of sisters um i have been your host audrey heartburn and with me as always is dolly parton (laughs) all right we hope you guys have enjoyed this this episode and we will catch you next time all right we're gonna try to do another go team venture it's been awful every time yes let's do it now on the count of three all right One. one two two three three Go, Go team venture. <laughs> yes, internet connection. I love it. The Venture Sisters podcast is hosted, written, produced, and directed by Audrey Hartburn and Dolly Parton. Executive produced by Baron Beast Lamode and Bod Fillin. Edited by Conjectural Technologies. 
Music and graphics provided by Vaude Villain. Sound engineering by Brick Frog. The Venture Sisters podcast is a part of the Helper Network. Find us at anchor.fm forward slash hench for life. That's hench, the number four, life. Subscribe to us on Spotify or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter at VinCisPodcast. Go Team Venture. If you grew up like I grew up, though, you're laughing your ass off right now because I've talked to a couple of other people that have had the same, like the same um, fear uh, as children. One of I work with the one of the guys, and he shared a post of the the same vein, and like oh, we just we had a moment. We really cracked up over it, and like you really can't understand that kind of like unless you've lived through that fear too like you just it's on a whole different level it's on a whole different it's silly though like looking back on it now it's silly it makes no sense now um but like when i was like you know eight nine ten eleven years old like that was well, it was really scary. <laughs> yes, I could see where that would be terrifying. Well, and then they would do like the, um, you know, like left behind plays and shit at school. So like, or at school, at church. So like you'd walk into the church in the morning and then like people's clothes would be like draped over the pews and shit. Like they got fucking, you know, raptured like before church started and shit. What? Uh, no, they've legit done this fucking mind fuck shit. Oh my oh, gosh. Yeah podcast about the shit that i grew up like i'm not kidding whoa i can't make this shit up we've been together nearly a decade and a half this is the first time i'm hearing about this seriously yeah i've never told you about that you told me about the one thing but never like the leaving clothes on the pews i've never told you about the like the you can't really call them reenactments because it's never happened pre-enactment pre-enactment i guess pre-enactment we'll go with pre-enactment no they're just faking heaven's gate heaven's gate had the real balls on that shit (laughs) 